and welcome to the Oslo Raw podcast with me, Tire Refsum, the founder and owner of Norway's leading plant-based cafe chain and wellness concept Oslo Raw, which is all about pleasure and finding happiness in the smallest of things. And of course, eat a lot of raw chocolate cake. Um, I started Oslo Raw back in 2016 because I wanted to share my passion for healthy foods after a long time of being burned out and exhausted after not taking care of myself. After one year of running my first cafe, I had 17 employees and published my first best-selling cookbook. And today we are a team of over 35 members with multiple multiple cafes and a bakery and another best-selling book, as well as running this podcast. On this show, I invite in inspiring people who share their challenges, life stories and ideas with us. We talk about business, career, health and how to optimize yourself and serve the world. Today I had the pleasure of having founder and owner of Denmark's first plant-based cafe chain, 42 Raw, with me on the show and we chat about how 10 years of running Denmark's first and largest plant-based cafe chain has changed him. Jesper Ridal shares honestly about the journey, his failures and fallbacks, going internationally, bringing in meat and how to stay motivated to keep growing. We talk about how we change along with our motives and needs as humans. The mentality of an entrepreneur is forever evolving and when these are faced with acceptance, great growth and possibilities may arise. This talk is about quality, balance and staying true to yourself. Enjoy! Warmly welcome, uh, <laughs> Jesper. <laughs> How are you today? We talk about English. No, yeah. Yeah. So you talked Norsk. We do it in English now. Okay. So okay. how are you today? I'm fine. Good. <laughs> Have you been to your cafes today? No, not today. Uh, today was uh, a work from home day. It was uh, also super rainy, but that was not why. Uh, but we uh, we are launching a new menu on uh, Monday, Tuesday. So uh, I had to uh, prepare a lot of things on the computer for our our point of sales, so that we have the new menu uh, ready. Do you create the menu? Um. Yes, it's it's actually it's uh, we are launching uh, pokeballs, um, which has become very popular in Copenhagen over the last uh, I think three years. So now we are introducing pokeballs uh, as well as uh, a part of our product range. So uh, so we developed them over the last three months with the, where we involved several of the staff, uh, had a lot of tastings, and now we are finally ready to to launch the product on. Uh, products on, on Tuesday it's something we do uh, I would say once or twice a year we introduce new items on the menu and and have new uh, menus printed and uh, and the, the, that has been the case for for the last five years so you started 10 years ago with only raw food was it yes and you only ate raw at that point 
Uh, no, uh, I tried. I tried eating raw food for a while when you know while I was preparing the concept, but I was never entirely uh, raw, and uh, I was never entirely vegan uh, either. Uh, I never defined myself by one of those uh, um, sort of uh, words, um, but um, diet. Yeah, diets. Uh, because I always, uh, you know, had some fish and shellfish, and uh, yeah, I guess perhaps even uh, some chicken and some beef. But at 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 some some points in my life, I would have you know way more plant based diet and and very little meat. And at other times, you know, I, I drifted in the other direction, and uh, and it was sort of to to try different things out and uh, and then find uh, find the right balance for me. And and now we've also that you know since last year we we've we've established a new uh, balance commercially for for forty two raw since we introduced uh, salmon uh, smoked salmon and chicken in the in, on the menu, um, in order to uh, to to stay uh, relevant for 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 our audience in the in the locations where we were open. Um, How was that transition to go? into me so yeah so we did it very slowly uh, because we our dna was 100% plant based we were we were the first 100% plant plant based concept in denmark and that was sort of our our whole purpose for existence <laughs> that was my vision um, to create a 100% plant based concept but um, commercially you know, ten years down the road, we we just realized that it was it was it was not enough, and we would not be able to uh, to scale beyond where we were. Um, and we sort of had a desire to do so because having three stores that are one hundred percent plant based is you, you don't have as much of an impact as if you have you know ten stores that are eighty percent plant based. Um, so. So we decided also to make it, it easier for for our core clientele, you know, that prefer to eat plant based, to bring their boyfriend, to bring their parents, to bring their brothers, sisters, colleagues, friends, uh, and that was that was of course a challenge. It was too narrow, and it was actually we were excluding a lot of people from, you know, having a sandwich with chicken and then have a green juice or a, a milkshake with almond milk. Um, so we wanted to to embrace more people really with our uh, sort of very plant strong uh, menu. So now, uh, actually, fifty uh, percent of the of the food items uh, sold um, in sort of the lunch and and evening categories. Um, they they are with either uh, smoked salmon or chicken as it is now. So there was a very huge uh, hidden need that we were not uh, servicing. And also um, the, our revenue went up uh, 20% overnight uh, when we introduced uh, smoked salmon and chicken in the two shopping mall locations that we have, where we have a more so, sort of broad random uh, traffic mm. uh, that looks at either our restaurant or the restaurant next door and they go into either one if there is something they like yeah. 
So, so revenue went up 20% in both of those locations and stayed there. So it's suddenly, so could, yeah, it's so good to just let, have a place for everyone. Yes. And I think it's, it's actually a very good idea, even though some people are very like, I, I made an Instagram post yesterday and I was like, I'm meeting Jesper. Do you have any questions? <laughs> and mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, why, why is it, is it selling meat now? But like that attitude and it's a lot of like anger towards this. So it's a very sensitive theme, but I think it's such a good idea to make a place for everything. Even though I haven't done that yet, I really support what you're saying. And because my husband loves meat, you know, and I love, like, we, ha- we are all different. So I'm, I'm thinking that's really good, a really good idea. But like nowadays you're working really hard. So how is the difference between your daily life now and 10 years ago when you started? Do you feel like motivated and inspired and glowing in your work? Um. Well, I mean, actually, these annual or biannual changes in the menu where we sort of bring things forward and, and we uh, work on something new is, uh, is what, what keeps me uh, um, inspired. Uh, because 10 years down the road, it is indeed uh, difficult to uh, to have the same motivation the same passion the same vision as in the beginning especially since uh, with 42 raw i thought from the beginning that we would build an empire and scale internationally sort of like what oatly has done with their oat milk i thought that would be the same thing when we opened you know, you know the first more or less the first sort of contemporary mainstream high street 100% plant-based food concept in the world as far as i know at the time there was there were only subcultural uh, versions of plant-based eating in new york la san francisco and elsewhere london but nothing was was like mainstream high street uh, contemporary in in the look and feel the commercial in that sense. So, but but the restaurant uh, angle to the plant-based maker trend that has uh, sort of swept over the Western world, especially the past you know three to five years. Um, it, it that the, the revolution was never in the restaurant segment. No, no chains have have expanded. To, you know. 20 or 30 or 50 locations in london you know uh, deliciously ella she had one then she had three then she went back to one you know the butcher store in new york then they had three and then over the last you know five six seven years the same juice baby in london they have one they opened another one in nothing hill have two it's also like four five six years so nothing is really taking off I think uh, you know we with with Oslo Raw having uh, three stores, Forty Two Raw having three stores. We're sort of still some of the global market leaders, and that's 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 crazy, you know. Since we're we're ten years down the road now, and and uh, Beyond Meat and a lot of other kind of retail products, you know, in the supermarkets are are um, experiencing tremendous growth. 
but but the cafe restaurant angle was not the right one for volume and scale uh, business wise. So you know, ten years down the down the road, it's uh, it's it's of course it's sort of a uh, from a commercial standpoint, from an investment standpoint, it's it's sort of a disappointment uh, to have three stores. On a personal level, it has been uh, an amazing journey, and I I love. Uh, I love the journey that I've had with 42 Raw. I love all the things that, that I have learned. I love, you know, that we were actually the, the first ones out there. Um, and, um, and I'm proud of, of the following we still have, you know, 10 years later that we are still relevant to the same audience, especially in our city center location that, that came to our store 10 years ago. They still come there today. And they are trendsetters, fashionistas, influencers that that always look for the new thing, for the for the for the most you know cutting edge uh, things that come in from London, New York, LA, and and what new concepts open up. And still, we are there, uh, you know, go to by choice. So that I'm proud of, and and um, but I definitely uh, I definitely have some have some hunger for for new. Uh, for new growth uh, for 42 Raw. Uh, what would that be? Huh? What would that be? Yeah, so, so we have been standing still the last uh, few years, but, um, but one, of the, one of the things we learned also from the, the franchise store that opened up in Copenhagen Airport and closed down again is that, well, it was a difficult location that our operator had chosen, but, but still it was a challenge that, for example, that people could not get cow's milk when you go to an airport, you have a very broad audience that where you have to be relevant. You have to sell to a certain percentage of them if you want to make it uh, work. And we, I just, we just, it helped us realize that our concept was too narrow. So, so when you ask, what could that be? Well, the, 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 the way forward for 42 Raw is embracing more people. Like you said, we have to be, we have to include people, not alienate people. Um, that battle should be fought, uh, you know, on, on another ground. If, if it should even, I don't think we should, any of us should alienate anyone really. And I'm not in favor of, of the more, you know, hostile uh, approach when it comes to, to plant-based diet and, and the sort of plant-based development. Um, but but it definitely from a commercial uh, angle, you know, embracing more people through uh, yeah things like smoked salmon and and chicken is is uh, and and uh, organic cow's milk for for our coffees and so on. It's that's that's what I see is the way forward for us because now we actually we have a revenue where we where we can can grow and. I also feel it's realistic for us to open up in more locations where before I felt that, okay, if we open up here, we won't have enough revenue to make the investment worthwhile. But how do you stay motivated and how do you take care of yourself? Because you are doing a lot on your own. You don't have that. Well, I, I hired a, an operations manager or it was an employee that I promoted to operations manager, you know, about five years ago. And, and she has grown to be my very steady right hand in the company. 
So we can actually run mo most of the uh, operations and at least all of the day-to-day -day operations. She, she could actually handle that on her own. So, so that frees up, up most of my time to create development. And that could be, you know, improve our, our online sales uh, through these uh, platforms like yeah, the online delivery platforms and think about product development and, uh, and you, even, you know, uh, even go, to, go on a trip to London or New York and LA to find inspiration or to, to Oslo for that matter. Um, I don't do that as much as I should. Uh, but hopefully when Corona is over, I can, I can pick up, uh, on that again, because that's definitely what it needs to, to keep me motivated. Now, I think I told you, you know, a year ago or more that, that I was actually, I decided that I wanted to do something new because at the, at the point, at the point, at that point in time, one, one and a half years ago, I was, I was fed up. It was, uh, it had, it had been too long. And, you know, to be hit by resistance after such a long time is just, that's really, really difficult. In the beginning, it was, you know, you had that fighter instinct that <laughs> you had to overcome all these challenges. And it was natural that they were there. But to experience, you know, a fallback in revenue after so many years is discouraging, uh, especially when, when, you know, in the first place, we hadn't made it as far as I had imagined. You know, during the journey, we also opened up a store you know, five, six years ago up north that was a, a terrible mistake and it closed down 12, 12 months later. Um, we opened a store in London also like five, six years, seven years ago. It was there for a year or so. It was with some, some partners, uh, licensing partners. It was in Mayfair, you know, it was not, it was not as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> so, and the, the partners never really delivered on everything they promised. So, it ended up being quite a disappointment. It brought us an investor on board, actually, uh, an investor from UK. So, you know, it's hard to say if, if anything good came out of it because a lot of people actually remember that London location, but it didn't propel us forward, you know, to opening more stores or getting established in London. And we had the franchise open in, in, um, in uh, Copenhagen Airport that it was, was with, you know, with the the third largest F&B operator in airports in the world that, that took us on board to open that location. And so it had some, some potential, but uh, it didn't work out. So, you know, I've, with so many fallbacks, it's, uh, it's hard to stay, stay motivated when you then get, you know, a, a downfall in revenue as well. And um, the thing is that the downfall in revenue where we were suddenly set back 30% in one of the shopping malls was because they, they closed a, a, a clothing store next to us and opened a pizza place. And suddenly my, my restaurant and the, the other restaurant at the top floor, we were only the two of us, our revenue went down 30%, both of us. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with our concepts. It's just a matter of if you have a, a, you know, 100,000 people come in every year or a million people come in every year, you know, those 1 million people are divided among two restaurants. Suddenly they were divided among three. So sometimes, you know, it, 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 there is a very detailed, stupid little explanation for <laughs> something that happens to your business. And, and you have to, you know, you have to really keep your eyes open and say, okay, what is, what is, the, what is the reason here? Why is this happening? So, but do you remember why you started? Do you think about that often? Like when you've just hit the wall and you're like, this is not working. Do you remember the beginning and does that help you? And what are your values? Do you like connect with them uh, often? 
So that's the difficult part, that when you're hit hard with resistance, there's, there's, there, you have to activate two things. You have to activate acceptance so that you uh, don't have too much uh, re resistance uh, to what is happening because it is happening. So you might as well ac accept this is happening. Okay, and then from that space of acceptance, you have to find, you know, motivation to change what is happening. And I think those two things contradict each other, to accept and to act. Because it's sort of like acting is acknowledging something is not as it should be. So now I, I want to act. But if you acknowledge that something is not as it should be, how can you uh, where did where the accept come from? So, <laughs> whereas if you accept it, so I think that that's, I mean, it, 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 it goes from many things in life that, uh, that challenging space between uh, acceptance and, uh, and uh, you know, motivation and, and ambition and, uh, and to act and create change. Uh, do you so, remember why you started? What was the feeling 10 years ago? Like, what's the reason you, you started this big 32-raw concept? So that is, the, that is a difficult part for me also now, motivation-wise, is that originally I was tremendously motivated by, you know, creating a 100% plant-based fast food concept that would reach out to a mainstream audience and push this evolution uh, towards towards you know a, a way more plant-based society across the western world that was the ambition if you had asked me 10 years ago how many plant-based restaurants would we have and how where would they be placed i would have said you know at least 30 probably 50 maybe 100 and it would and many of them would be in the u.s um in New York and LA and London. And so, so that was, and, and I was 100% confident that this was the way forward, that everyone would have the same sort of revelation as me, that why would anyone want to, you know, drink cow's milk and eat any animal products when you could have delicious food without it. And so it turns out that, you know, maybe 5% or 10% in the bigger cities share that, shared that vision 10 years later, some of the time. And that's not enough to to open, you know, so many stores. So so uh, so so that's that's the difficult. That was that was what it felt like in the beginning. You know, what you asked me that I had this amazing vision to change the world in a plant based direction. Amazing vision. It was so fulfilling. It was so positive. It was so it was this holistic vision of doing good. But how can we keep that? You know, I am now four years in. I can feel so stressed and unmotivated some days, you know. And I can remember back as well that I was so like going for it. And it was um, just when you're really into your dream job, you know. One thing is starting, but when you're in it, how to um, remember why and, and kind of navigate so that you keep keep high because unless it's really tiring yeah and uh, <laughs> i wish i had the, <laughs> i wish i had the perfect answer for that and then uh, you know was able to tell you that this is how i solved it and and that's why i don't feel that way 
but uh, but to be honest uh, uh, I'm struggling it's it's a constant struggle when when it has you know when it has been that many years and I think many founders even though it 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 fulfills all of their dreams in terms of size because that's more or less the the you know if if you if, if it was bigger it would have fulfilled more of my ambitions for what Fortitude Royal would should be but even founders where where they after 10 or 15 years it is really big many of them they they sort of exit their business at that point in time because even though you know they 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 you know they created everything they they set out to do it's just not the same thing opening store number 53 as opening store number three so and definitely not this as a so so a so I think no matter if you have, you know, 53 stores or three stores after 10 years, there is a sort of like a, a saturation that, that sets in with, with entrepreneurs. If you have an entrepreneurial mind, an entrepreneurial personality, you wish to create, you wish to, to and, and yeah, you wish to, wish to bring something new to the world. And, and that's, a part of your personality is not being satisfied by opening store number four, you know, 10 years down the road, even though you make changes on the menu to the menu. So for me, you know, the, this amazing vision from 10 years ago has have turned into a living. Uh, at least I don't have to show up at an office with, with, you know, 500 other people outside of Copenhagen somewhere and sit behind a computer for eight hours every day. And then I don't know how many meetings I could have done something else, you know, another kind of office job. I would have never done, you know, big corporate, but at least I, I'm, I have my own company. But what makes you really happy? Like, do you find happiness and what are your, what are your techniques to, to take care of yourself and stay happy in the daily life? Now as, in 10 years, you know, and it has been, you're, you're kind yeah, of, so yeah. I, I try to, I try to be grateful and appreciate what I have. So, so, um, on the, on the, on the good days I succeed and I'm, I'm grateful for, for what, you know, for, for what is there for 42 raw, for the three little stores that I have for having my own business that, I, well, at least before Corona, was actually beginning to thrive because of the, the changes we made. So I, I try to be uh, be uh, grateful uh, that that you know I have I have uh, these three stores and and uh, I have a lot of freedom in my in my daily life. It's not that I have to do a lot of things that I don't feel like doing. Uh, a few ones here and there but but it's um yeah it's uh, so so I, I try to appreciate you know the, the the freedom i have and that we have actually been to a certain extent successful with what we've been been doing um and, what would uh, be, yeah what would be your your greatest tips for entrepreneurs that are listening listening and they are maybe struggling and making failures and they don't know really what to do what would be your guidance 
Uh, I mean, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was a different struggle. I didn't know anything about food and beverage. So we had so many challenges. It was way more stressful the first five years than these past five years. Um, because there was, there was just so many things all the time that we had, we really had no idea what we were doing. So, you know, with that first phase, you have to just like really keep going and, and, and learn, 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 um, in order to, yeah, to, otherwise you will never, <laughs> you will never, you, it won't even have a chance what you're trying to do. So you have to do that. And I think that's also what entrepreneurs do. But of course, at the, at, at some point in time, you also have to balance your ambitions with reality. I would say, you know, at because we were, I had my eyes so set on on this international expansion, and you know, that's also what I promised my investors. And so it was a huge, uh, for me, it was a huge challenge overcoming that, you know, realization that. We're not going to do that. I just, I could not see it happen. When I saw what happened with all the other chains, as I mentioned abroad, none of them really scaling. I just felt that it would be so wrong for us to, to make that move and, and try to find investors and, and open abroad. So I, I sort of, I balanced my ambitions with reality and said, you know, we focus on our home market here in Copenhagen. We have, you know, we open these three stores and then we see if we can start, you know, doing, uh, doing uh, some, um, some stores in Copenhagen airport and, and the next five, 10 years will just grow in Copenhagen. And, and that was, uh, that was beneficial for my sort of peace of mind because suddenly there was, there was a, uh, there was a balance between, what was realistic, what I wanted to do and what we were doing. And, uh, and there, and a decision had been made. We'll, we will, I will do this and nothing else. As, as when you, if you keep this, Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. If you, if, if that's stays with you all the time, you, you're not in a good situation because you never feel at peace or content with, with, what is what is what is going on? What what are you doing every day? It has to be, yeah, aligned. Where, exactly. Where where are you in ten years? Uh, I'm talking like where is your dream? Yeah. What is your yeah. thing? You can you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So the thing is, when you also asked me what 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 you know what do what makes me happy today, and I was I was. Uh, 35 when i started 42 raw i'm i'm 45 now there's, there's a change that happens over those 10 years with you as as a as a person not everyone i guess but a lot of people i think you know 40 is so sort of a threshold and for me in the meantime three years ago i had a i had a little son who's two and a half years old now and i had him with a good friend of mine a girl that i had known for 20 years we're not in a relationship uh, but but she was 37 and didn't have any kids and i was 42 and and my situation was the same so now we had this little boy together and that is amazing and i'm i'm so grateful that i that i have you know 
I can I can manage my own time uh, and and family makes me happy and I I wish to to either you know evolve that relationship with with her her family with him with with uh, you know to have a son and and to that role as a father is something that I'm excited about now. I've created two companies before, one tech company and then 42 Raw. That's what I've done the last 15 years. And now sort of my, my priorities has, have changed. I don't have a strong desire to create and sort of realize myself in the commercial world. Like in this, this strong desire to go out and, and uh, prove yourself and create something. It's, I've done it twice. And, and I don't know if, if, if that is why, or it's because of, of my age, I've probably some a bit of both, <laughs> but I don't have that same strong desire anymore. I would much rather, you know, if my new uh, startup uh, for me would be a family, that's what I would like to establish over the next uh, 10 years, you know, the rest of my forties and, and during my fifties, I'm a bit late on that account, but, yeah, when I hear from friends in, in especially like in London, and yeah, it's it's a, it's the same. A lot of guys are in the late forties when they when they become fathers for the first time, and and again, a lot of women are in their late thirties, especially in the bigger cities. So apparently, I'm on on, <laughs> on running on a London schedule on that on that account, <laughs> um, and uh, and that, that that's that's my new uh, venture. So, so that's, a, that's a very much a priority for me. So when you ask me about my ambitions, my ambitions go more in the direction of family life and, and uh, being a father. And, and for my commercial ambitions, I, I take them more slowly. I don't have the same high-flying ambitions because with the high-flying ambitions also comes, usually there's some internationalization, there's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of things that don't go well hand in hand with with what I desire in my life right now which is family and sort of looking inwards so I would say five years from now or ten years from now you asked me it's with 42 raw I could easily imagine us having you know three or four more three four five more stores in in Copenhagen perhaps you know a couple of them in, you know, outside of Copenhagen also, and then in, in uh, maybe, you know, two or three stores in Copenhagen airport because the, the world has matured. So the, the, the demand has matured in a more plant-based healthy direction. That's, that's still an ongoing process. Even well, even though for us, it's, it seems like, Oh, aren't we already there? All of us, but no, it, we're definitely not. But a new generation of, 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 you know, late teens now are growing up and when they start to travel more and have more money to spend than the ones, they, 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 yeah, it, there will be a higher demand for what you and I are doing uh, 10 years from now. So I would believe with, with this more, you know, welcoming uh, concept where we, where we um, invite every, everyone uh, in, uh, not everyone, but, but broader group of people and I think we could could even thrive in, in Copenhagen airport uh, and I think uh, that's something that I would uh, would appreciate you know to have four or five more stores in the next 10 years and uh, I, would actually, I think that would be a, I think that would be a, a good life you know perhaps the perhaps at, at some point it would be exciting to have a store in London but not necessarily have 
three or five or anything stores in London, but just have one to, I guess, you know, if, if I do 10 years of, of <laughs> fathering and children and family, then perhaps at some point I, I, I find, find it exciting to do something that challenges me from a different angle. And maybe I don't, I, I don't know, but that would be, it would be something like that. That would be a vision. I'm so grateful that you share this uh, honesty because uh, it's it's fascinating how over time life changes us and our motives and and our age. You know how it how it naturally changes. I can already feel myself how I just really need to look inwards more than five years ago. I was crazy five years ago. I could I didn't stop at all, and that was fine. But I could never do that now. And I can slowly feel that I want to work less, but also get a lot done. But um, it's just a natural occurring thing that you're explaining. And I think it's quite beautiful, actually. And not fight it, but actually accept it and flow with it. Yeah. And to be, to be, to be honest, I think... You know, as they, when I say it's 10 years ago, oh, it, would be, it could also be cool to have, you know, perhaps have a store in London. It's more of a dream thing. It's more me wanting to go to London for a weekend and eat at Juice Baby and Pharmacy and Deliciously Island. <laughs> it's because all the all the all the troubles you have to go through to establish, you know, a, a store in in uh, London at the time is probably not something I would want to do anyway. So, so you know that that acceptance. You can hear how I'm still I'm still struggling because I. I, uh, for me, for my personality, at least like at least 85% of my personality, I'm probably uh, better off, you know, focusing my attention on, on the, on just uh, staying on safe grounds here in, in uh, Copenhagen where, you know, adding another store, at least if you're, if you know what you're doing with mm. the ones you have, is, uh, is, is a way more reasonable uh, effort than doing anything in, in any market, even if I was to open in Oslo or Stockholm, or it would still be a tremendous struggle. And and this internationalization, I think for almost any entrepreneur, it's a dream. So it's it's, it's just a dream to, to go beyond borders. And I don't know, perhaps 90% fail, or you know, waste so much money uh, trying, doing that. So going abroad is is really 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 hard. You know, even Joe and the Jews that you know have been tremendously successful in Denmark. I assume the same in Oslo and in, in Sweden, and they are in the Scandinavian countries. So they raised these millions of dollars uh, from private equity funds. Uh, Valedo and and GA Capital and they they launched in New York. They opened fifty stores in the U.S. and and they 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 are they are not they are not uh, at at the current time and even before Corona they're not really making it. I know it's they, so fascinating and I, uh, they, are I bleeding, they are bleeding in the U.S. So they're not expanding anymore because because everyone had to, all the the shareholders had to to put in more money to fuel the existing operations because their U.S. stores did not perform according to expectations mm. with with Scandinavia as their benchmark. 
So with a concept that developed and so many stores and still for now, it looks like they're failing. They'll probably solve it because so many hundreds of millions of dollars are invested in it. So they will, they will solve it somehow. But it just illustrates how tremendously difficult it is to go abroad. It is hard work. It will be interesting to see how, how it changes and where we will be. Like, where will Oslo Raw be? Where will 42 Raw be? I'm really excited. Um, do you have any, like, last, uh, last uh, tips for entrepreneurs? Uh, well, we're all different. But to find some sort of balance with your with your personal life is is important and that you know and and then you know like like we talked about just acknowledge that that balance can be can be different in different uh, phases of your life it can, it can change and i think one very important advice is to stay true to yourself not to what this, your surroundings, what their expectations are from you, your investors, your partners, your your surroundings in general, and then just like how does everyone else perceive me if I do this versus that? You know, do do don't do what what you think would 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 uh, would gain you you know a lot of fame and attention if it doesn't match your personality thank you i love that i totally agree yes because yeah. it's better to have three stores and be happy than to have uh, you know 15 stores and be unhappy and be very careful with uh, it's, and it's important that you own the business that the business doesn't own you Okay. And that's what can easily happen. And the same goes for as soon as you bring investors, when it's only you, you own the business. You can bring, you know, friendly partners that believe in you and share your vision, bring them on board, whether it be just like friends and family, just uh, money you need to expand, or it be someone with, with you know, the, the back end that you need to to scale your business uh, bring them on board if they share your vision and and um, and are are friendly don't bring investors on board that scrutinize you or where you have a sense that you know that that you don't agree on on various things uh, definitely don't do that and be very careful you know in general just bring investors on board mm. um, the saying goes: It's better to have ten percent of of something you know you know worth X amount of of millions uh, than to have a hundred percent of something worth you know way less. But that's not always the case. You know, you have a, you have some components missing in that equation because, and that's your quality of life. What will my quality of life be if I if I'm have to, if these people have a say in in my business in my life essentially. Because you, you become an entrepreneur to do your own thing, to fulfill a vision for a commercial vision, but also a vision for how to live your life. And that vision should be, you know, you should, you should make sure that it's, it's in, you keep that intact. What is I truly, 
desire for myself for going down this path. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing so many valuable tips and stories and experiences. And uh, look forward to see you again soon. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Teal. And I'm looking forward to going to Oslo soon uh, in the spring after Corona and see all your three stores, including the new one. You're very welcome. I look forward to uh, share a cup of coffee with almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> and see your baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>